and that's when I kind of lost everything. I was in a really unhappy relationship, quite a toxic, negative and emotionally abusive relationship. The spiritual world, how has that changed like your life in the past couple of years? Oh God, it's changed everything. I mean, rewiring my subconscious mind and how I thought and then pairing that with crystals. And, and that's when I kind of lost everything. I got Malachite at that time and that relationship ended. I lost my job. But all of this sounds really dramatic, but that was just like normal life. If that's I could go insane. back and say all this like, to myself, I would actually yeah. be like, what? And I won't go any further in the podcast until we talk about the skeptics. I'm trying to explain this in an easy scientific way. Anything made in nature, I feel like is so powerful and made to feel quite silly in the modern world of being that important and woo-woo. When people are coming to you on TikTok, what would you tell them about finding the person that they really want to spend the rest of their life with? Oh, everyone's going to hate me and everyone hates me on this book. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talk 20s podcast. If you're not already subscribed or following, make sure you do so you never miss an episode of us in the studio. Today, I'm joined in the studio by Georgina Easterbrook, also known as Athena's Crystals. She has over 1 million followers on TikTok and she's becoming one of the go-to guys to talk about anything to do with crystals and spirituality. And she's here today to talk to us all about becoming more intuitive through our 20s, which I think is a really important skill to learn. Hello, Georgina. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. So lovely to have you here. You've traveled up all the way from Brighton yeah. to Liverpool. Yeah. Quite a long way. How's your day been? Um, lovely. I actually don't mind getting the train because I can just sit. I've been watching Love Island, yeah. now. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's been nice. Thank you. So your journey is a really, really interesting one. I have followed you on TikTok for a while now and you've just very recently hit the one million mark. Yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. Mm. Um, what drew you initially to TikTok as a platform? We're going to go into all the crystal stuff and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but obviously it's that's so huge and that's yeah. how you've, you kind of become a success kind of overnight, really. What kind of drew you to, to posting on TikTok? I mean, back in the day before I kind of got into wanting to start a crystal business and all of that, um, it was kind of the lockdown stages. So when TikTok was massively taking off and I felt like very lost in that time, I'd just lost my job, wasn't really sure what I was doing um, and kind of needed to think about what I was doing work-wise. Um, I did makeup at the time, so I thought I could kind of pursue that and was trying to kind of boost my makeup with TikTok. And mm. so I created a makeup account, was doing that. And I was manifesting at the time. I was like, I will have a certain amount of followers on TikTok, it will take off. But that just never really felt right to me. It felt like I was doing makeup because I felt like I should rather than something I was really passionate about. Mm. Um, so then I decided to create a new TikTok account to talk about one of my passions, which was crystals and all that. And that's how I started doing it. And people liked it. Mm -hmm. so they I definitely, am. definitely did like it then. <laughs> so let's talk about the crystal side of things because mm -hmm. it's a huge passion of yours, extremely authentic when you talk about it online. But for you, why crystals? And for someone listening right now going, what the heck does she mean by crystals? Like, what's a beginner's guide? Okay, uh, so crystals are basically rocks, so we call them, um, formed in the earth. They've been around for centuries and centuries. They've been used by many different cultures um, to bring about healing and attracting different things into people's life. Um, I personally went on my own kind of manifestation journey and was went down a rabbit hole of all different ways that you could kind of attract things into your life through manifestation, you know, positive thinking, all of that. Um, and that is kind of the basis and the most important thing. However, I've always been into crystals, but once I learned more about how each crystal has its own set of specific properties that can kind of amplify 
your manifesting abilities alongside thinking positively. Um, that's what really got me into it and mm-hmm. why I've been banging on about it to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So the, I know from like reading your book, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the podcast, but your dad's was a jeweler. Mm-hmm. So did that kind of play into like oh, the, yeah, your love of crystals and all that kind I of I mean, he's dealt with more like kind of the higher end stuff, like your diamonds, your sapphires and all of that stuff. Um, but when I was little, it was just me and him on our own for a little while until he met my stepmom. But I used to get taken with him into work and he'd like go up to London and do like little jewellery shows. And I was always fascinated by things like how diamond rings were so expensive expensive or why people love them and even if you look up the symbolism behind like diamonds and why they're putting engagement rings because they symbolize love and all of this that kind of sent me down a spiral of learning about like precious gemstones and what they mean um and yeah so it was all kind of part of my upbringing and then I got into like the crystal side of it and I watched while in that lockdown as well while I was figuring out what, what I was doing I worked with my dad a couple of days a week just doing like his admin stuff and I was like looking at his rings and his jewellery and stuff and I went I wonder if I could put like crystals in the same thing and that again massively sent me down that path as mm-hmm. well and you could so yeah definitely I think it's definitely an advantage to have had yeah. your dad kind of working in that that kind of industry that's yeah. kind of sparked all of this for you um you lost your job during COVID mm-hmm. um, and I know you went through an extremely tough time which kind of triggered this whole, um, well, boosted your interest really in yeah. kind of manifesting and self-development and crystals and stuff like that. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that story? Because I think yeah. so many, I know from reading the book, like I really felt like I could relate to what you were going through and I think a lot of our listeners would as well. Yeah, it was one of those where it kind of all was happening at the same time but I got kind of I think like a lot of people do very comfortable living in like that situation of despair uh, where I was in a really unhappy relationship quite a toxic negative and emotionally abusive relationship um, and was in that for quite some time as well as um, being in a job that I really didn't like which all played into how I felt about myself and again probably why I was willing to accept the kind of behavior that I accepted in that relationship and again that played a part in how I felt about myself my self-image my body image I was struggling with an eating disorder at the time which is kind of how I used to cope with everything going on um, as well as being diagnosed at that time in my life with depression and anxiety as well so all but all of this sounds really dramatic but that was just like normal life for me and that's just mm-hmm. kind of how I operated and existed from that space and I think a lot of people it's quite more common yeah. um, and a lot of people don't try and do better from the, for themselves because they don't there doesn't even enter their brain that they're worthy of that um, so I was really kind of manifesting some kind of like I said earlier like a purpose in my life or some kind of direction because I was at such a low um, and that's when I kind of lost everything and I got malachite at that time which is the sign of transformation I've been into crystals like I said since I was younger but I didn't necessarily know what all of them individually meant yeah. I just thought they were pretty to look at and I enjoyed collecting them um but I had yeah the stone of transformation which is that one at the time and as a result well as a result of a lot of things but I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason but I wanted some direction and that relationship ended I lost my job and I was in the pandemic and that started kind of I've got nothing to lose attitude Mm -hmm. and that's when it all kind of turned around for me and started making sense Mm -hmm. so yeah so you went obviously through that like extremely tough time that I think so many people listen to this have gone oh that really makes Mm -hmm. me feel like this term in my life that I was felt I kind of felt this way how do you go about getting yourself out of something that's so horrible like that? Because I think in those moments, we all feel 
like worthless, you know, really, mm. really sad. How do you go from being in that kind of mindset to much more of like a thriving mindset? Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best for myself yeah. now. I think what threw me into it is the fact that I was solo, that I had no choice but to really, I wanted to learn about why I felt like that, um, which is what kind of led me into law of attraction, crystals and all of that. But a kind of sense of self-awareness. I wanted to learn about the mind, psychology, how to pull yourself into a good mood. And that's what I started listening to podcasts about manifestation and just doing things like gratitude journaling every morning, like mm. sitting there and naming three things I was grateful for. And even that at the beginning, I was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I yeah. hate my life. Yeah. Um, and now I look back and I, it just becomes a normal state of mind. I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I get to shower today or just little things like that. Um, and I think just for having self-awareness of why, where the thought patterns are coming from, uh, a lot of it for me was learning about like childhood trauma, mm -hmm. where these feelings are like kind of replaying themselves in your adult life, like where I was repeating patterns in my relationship that I've experienced in childhood and why that happens. And just having that sense of self-awareness and understanding more about myself allowed me to have the tools to then make myself feel better because actually no one's going to come and help you and sort it out. You've yeah. got to want to feel better. And yeah. For sure. And I think you're 24 now, but you're talking like a person who's like wise beyond their years because you've obviously gone through this great transformational journey. You can really hear it in everything that you're saying. This is such like a, a positive way of like talking about yourself and your life. And I think so many young people could benefit from kind of hearing this conversation. Mm -hmm. But, and I won't go any further in the podcast until we talk about the skeptics, because there are a bunch of people mm -hmm. going, oh, what's a stone going to do to change my life? And there are a lot of people who go, oh, like, you know, how, how can this really make a difference? But there are some scientific evidence around the energy and, mm -hmm. and crystals and stuff like that. Talk us through so that we can brush those skeptics away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the actual science behind crystals is that they're rocks that have been formed under like the surface of the earth for uh, millions and millions of years. And basically the way that I'm trying to explain this in an easy scientific way. So everything on the earth is made up of atomic structure above vibrations, effectively, mm -hmm. uh, atoms kind of vibrating, bouncing off each other. Um, whereas the human atomic structure is like constantly changing, developing, adapting to the world around us. Yeah. Um, these rocks that have kind of, their geometric pattern has been solidified over years and years and years and like a repeating pattern. So their atomic structure is stable. Um, so when we surround ourselves with these rocks, we're the ones being influenced by their structure rather than them being influenced mm -hmm. by us, if that makes sense. Um, and also to like those kind of skeptics, what I kind of say is anything made in nature, I feel like is so powerful and made to feel quite silly in the modern world of being that important and woo woo. But if you think yeah. what effect we need, how we need water, oxygen, all of these naturally made products. So to think that rocks may have an effect on us, I think is very kind of normal when you compare it to that. And there's also um, an electricity, like an electrical current that's actually can come from crystals. Mm -hmm. And I believe, I don't want to get their names wrong, but it's Jack I and Pierre Curry. Piezoelectricity, which was discovered by yeah, Jack and Pierre Curry in, I think, 1880, I want to say. Um, and they found that like by putting these rocks under great pressure that they produce an electrical current. And that's why we have like clear quartz and stuff in our phones, um, watches, TV mm, remotes, yeah. laptops, just because of their power to conduct electrical currents. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they do have a lot of power. I just yeah. don't think it's talked about that much. <laughs> it isn't, but you are talking about it yeah. on TikTok, which is amazing. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to talk about on TikTok? Like what is the things that people come to you the most for? Like, Oh, loads of things. I mean, a lot of 
people talk about kind of attracting love and stuff into their life and uh, healing. But I think it's just generally how to use crystals to uh, adapt it to their own life and what they want to harness. So whether that's like wealth. Um, And that's where I feel like it wasn't that talked about before and Mm -hmm. you can really tailor it to what you want. So crystals for wealth or crystals for love and how to different rituals to attract those things into your life, Mm -hmm. I'd say. So your book that Mm -hmm. you've got here, The Crystal Path, it talks through love, money, healing, confidence, protection, Mm -hmm. manifesting and happiness, which I think all of those are so important for for people in their 20s. I'd love to specifically in this podcast talk to you about the love sections and the money sections as well because I think they're two things that we on Talk 20s get asked about all the time. Mm -hmm. If people are coming to us, it's always about love, dating, relationships or they're talking about how Mm -hmm. to make more money and, you know, be happier in terms of their career and stuff yeah. like that in their in their 20s. Um, one of the things I read in the in the beginning few chapters of the book is love languages. And it's not something mm-hmm. we've actually discussed that much on, on the podcast, but I think it's a fascinating piece of research. Yeah. Um, for anyone that's new to love languages, tell us a little bit more about them and how you think they're related in all the, the spiritual world. Uh, well, our love languages are just different ways that we give and receive love. And it's like, sectioned into five different types so you got oh testing me here so (laughs) physical touch words of affirmation receiving gifts quality time and acts of service thank you jacob (laughs) thank you When you step into your 20s, some of the biggest struggles our listeners share with us are money orientated. We know it's hard sometimes to find your feet in regards to money when big life changes happen. Maybe you're leaving uni, moving out, moving cities, starting a new job, getting married, making career changes, starting businesses. These big life moments can be expensive. And that's why we've teamed up with our sponsors, Zopa Bank, to open up more conversations around money. To us, it's really important that we talk more openly with our friends and close network about how money impacts our lives. So let's stop brushing this under the carpet and start opening up. Thank you, Zopa, for supporting us on this mission. You can find out more about Zopa by downloading their app. So basically a lot of relationships can kind of fail or you can have a lot of arguments because the way that we all give and receive love can be the same or it can be different. And sometimes you can be giving love to your partner in a certain way that you'd want to receive it. Mm. And they almost seem like, like they don't, unappreciative, they don't appreciate it. And you're like, well, what? I would love that. But it's because they actually understand love in a different language mm. and it could be a completely different type. So how that relates to spirituality and how I talk about it in the book is a lot of the times we're kind of attracting the wrong partners into our life or not the partners that we want because these ways in which we want to receive love from someone else, we're not even giving to ourselves. For example, one of my primary love languages is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I would always want to hear words of reassurance from my partner, mainly because I was insecure, but whatever. And then I actually really deeped it and thought about it and went, do I speak kindly to myself? Like, do I say nice things to myself or do I constantly have a loop in my head Mm -hmm. of negative thoughts. And more often than not, I'd like speak to my friends and family about this. And the ways in which people wanted to receive love, like their love languages, was the opposite of what they're giving to themselves. Mm. So as soon as you learn to give yourself the love that you're looking for, that's when you attract people that will do the same Mm -hmm. into your life. And how, maybe if we talk through some of the love language that Mm -hmm. they are, like how do we come to understand? I mean, sometimes you can look at, you know, 
the different ones and think, oh, I think I'm definitely that. But sometimes it might be a little bit hidden or you might be like a little bit of one and a little bit oh, of yeah, other. Oh yeah, you're definitely not just one. I yeah. resonate to like probably three or like in my new relationship, I'm like, give me all five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not settling for any less yeah. than five. Um, but no, it's interesting to kind of split up and break it down and you understand a lot more about yourself and your partner when you're yeah. looking at, there is yeah, a quiz that you can do online true. that helps. But if you kind of read through all the definitions, uh, you'll yeah. see which ones you're like, oh no, that's definitely so like, me. So wor- like words of affirmation is obviously hearing nice, v- yeah. nice things being verbal like- Verbal reassurance. Verbal reassurance. Acts of service. I mean, like- acts of service is- probably like just taking something off your partner's plate without them asking. Like if someone takes the rubbish out for you or surprises you with breakfast in bed or something yeah. like that. Whereas some people could like not really appreciate that appreciate yeah. that at all. And some people love that. Yeah. Receiving gifts. That's another one, isn't it? Yeah. Hopefully that one's pretty straightforward. I like that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, receiving gifts. I, I know that I enjoy doing that for other people, but it's not something that I so much have as my love language. So this is what I mean. Like you find that what you're kind of giving out doesn't always reflect yours. And sometimes you give love like in the opposite ways. Um, But my boyfriend's love language is like not receiving gifts. So I'm like constantly surprising him with like these nice little gifts. And he's like, oh, thanks. And I'm like, is that it? Yeah. (laughs) You not love that (laughs) so much, but that's just because that's not his... Yeah. Primary way of receiving my boy, My fiance's family are very big gift givers. Like yeah. they love spoiling each other at birthdays and Christmas mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So much that I feel like it's not like a competition, but I yeah. feel like when it comes to birthdays, I'm like, oh my God, like that's how they see love. Yeah. And I've been with him a long time now, but I definitely, I don't think they they ever said this, but like in the beginning, I felt that they thought that I didn't love him because I didn't like my first in, initial reaction was to not like shower him with gifts if that makes sense to be fair I'm actually glad you said that because I haven't even thought about it before but my family are very much like that like they they're very big on like thoughtful gifts and they love that time of year like Christmas birthdays they make such a big Mm. thing out of it so maybe that's why I want to because where does this come from like where is it is it coming from what your family are surrounded by like what you like how how is our love language like even formed I think yeah I think it can highlight a couple of things depending on what you're like as a person but it can maybe even highlight where you lacked that area of love growing up you didn't receive Mm. like if you had parents that kind of didn't really explain much to you or tell you they loved you that much maybe that's why words of affirmation could be your love language Mm -hmm. or it could be the opposite and that's what you were so used to that it's ingrained into your personality I think that's just a case by case situation yeah. yeah So we've talked about acts of service, words of affirmation, receiving gifts. What are the final two? Um, Quality time. Quality time, That's like undivided attention, like phone away. Mm -hmm. That's like a big one for me. Yeah. Like going for date nights and stuff like that. And then physical touch. So... Yeah. Touchy feely. Some people hate that. And that's yeah, one word. PDA is like some people are like, no, I hate a PDA. Some are like, I love a PDA. I hate like, when other people do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it when I do it. So it's very interesting. And I think it, it's really important to kind of understand these things about ourselves, but then also know that if that's how yeah. we see relationships, somewhat what we want someone else to give to us, to also be giving that to ourselves. I've never really thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. I've just kind of always thought about it in like a a partner relationship so this is that that person and this is about how we communicate with each other but I've never really thought about it in how I communicate with myself mm-hmm. which I think is so like I mean the first time I thought about it was reading the book which oh, I think is is fascinating like yeah. and really really interesting and I'm sure a lot of people right now be thinking hmm I like receiving gifts so maybe I should go buy myself something yeah, really no, nice absolutely like, yeah. and that's what I mean like most people will find that what they want is like the opposite of what they're doing for themselves like mm-hmm. for me quality time was a big one as well where that's one of my main love languages and 
I was like, when was the last time I sat down and had a bath and like gave myself more than like 20 minutes without overthinking or meditated and was alone with my thoughts? So instead of constantly busying yeah. myself, I think it's so important to give those love languages that we seek from someone else back to ourselves mm -hmm. because how can you expect for someone else to give you that if you don't even give it to yourself? 100%. Um, let's talk about auras. I mm -hmm. find this really interesting and I'd love to just get your like whole perspective on it. Like what do we know and understand about auras? I think everyone's met or walked into a room and met someone who just seeps negativity and mm. you're like, I know their aura isn't good. And then you've also met the people where who light up a room when they walk in and they've got so much energy, so much confidence. And you're like, wow, I really want to spend more time around that mm -hmm. person. What's like the, the science behind auras and the energy and how can we bring in crystals in that conversation as well? I mean, I'm not sure what scientific backing it really has, but I mean, there's so many things beyond science that we don't know but we can just all feel like you say like yeah. people's auras um it's basically the concept of like the energetic layer surrounding the body like the vibe we give out um and I think I mean a lot of people talk about like seeing auras and a lot more yeah, like a um what are their names the miss like what are the mystical spiritual readers psychics psychics yeah, yeah mystical yeah. spiritual <laughs> readers <laughs> Yeah, um, so a lot of psychics say that they can kind of see the colour of the aura. I've never really looked into that. Shows when people, like you say, have a really positive aura yeah. or a negative aura. Um, but crystals, in terms of crystals in your aura, it, it just affects your general energy and how you feel inside. And I'm a big believer of how you feel inside will radiate in your aura and how you are yeah. on the outside. A lot of people kind of feed off negative energy and that will make their aura quite negative. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll walk around kind of draining the life out of any situation. Um, but for example, you can have particular crystals like sunstone that bring about happiness and like help you radiate positive vibes. But also what a lot of people into on TikTok as well is like crystals that kind of make their aura more like magnetic, like draw mm. people to them. Um, like certain crystals like carnelian, what I'm wearing kind of add into like that sex appeal and like that seductive energy, which kind of draw people in. Mm -hmm. So all different crystals have different properties that will affect your aura and how you come across mm. and give energy out into the world as well as receive it. So like in your book, you go through loads of different crystals in there, but mm -hmm. like for someone who's like just getting started, like how do you think they should go about like choosing crystals for like what they want to achieve in life or whatever their hopes and kind of visions are? I mean, whether it's going to the book or what I kind of did was just instead of trying to look up all the properties of everything, just go into your local crystal store or look at a website and just feel intuitively what you're drawn to. And when I say intuitively, I mean, have a look around and what catches your fancy and pick that up and have a look into that or just buy it there. And it's most likely that that's kind of got the properties mm -hmm. that you need. Or like you say, like narrow it down, kind of look into crystals for love or for money, um, Mm -hmm. But I think books like this are a really good place to start if yeah. you don't know. And I think it's really important because essentially what you're doing is setting intentions, right? Mm -hmm. You're saying this is what I want to do with my life and this is where I want to take it. And I'm actually taking action in order to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, go down that path. I think for the, for, again, talking about the skeptics and stuff like that, essentially what you're doing is speaking your goals out loud. Like that that's true of anything that you really kind mm -hmm. of do. Um, for you then, why is like this element of like self-discovery and then bringing it into the spiritual world? How has that changed like your life in the past couple of years? Oh God, it's changed everything. I mean, since I was aware of kind of the patterns that I was creating or the negative headspace I was in, it helps you repeat, stop repeating that same pattern and make new decisions. And a lot of it was like rewiring my subconscious mind and how I thought, and then kind of pairing that with crystals. So for example, rewiring 
some kind of limiting beliefs regarding kind of how I viewed myself and self-worth and would go into it with a new attitude of, oh, I love myself. I actually really fully accept myself and I'm happy and comfortable with myself. But then pairing that with like a crystal for self-confidence, for example, mm-hmm. like Carnelian or something like that, that just took it to a whole new level. Yeah. And it's changed everything. Obviously, like you said, I had the TikTok platform that's, well, I have the TikTok platform that's now uh, over a million views. And the fact that I'm helping other people in the situation that I was in is amazing and that's what brings me emotional fulfillment and I got to write this book which Mm -hmm. is like the biggest achievement I've ever had um I'm in a happy new relationship now and yeah every I'm I'm feeling more positive in all areas really Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's really interesting because you've obviously gone from that place that you described right at the beginning of the podcast. You're like, I was in a dark place. Mm -hmm. I'd lost my job. My relationship was not good and it was falling apart. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't feel happy myself. You know, I had eating disorder and you've, you've transformed as a person who's like, I've, you know, I love my life. I've, you know, I'm in a new relationship. I've got a great, you know, job. I've just written a book with Penguin as well. Like if I could go back and say all this to myself, I would actually be like, what? Imagine a future you could literally come back and be like, hello, it's me. I like, know. this yeah, is no, what you've done. That. Like, that yeah. would be, I think you should be like, be like, whoa, that's pretty amazing. And I think a lot of 20 somethings want that for themselves. Like, even if they're in that transformational phase at this moment in time, a lot of people are going, oh, I really, I really, I want to achieve something with my mm. life. And sometimes it takes something like a little knock in that direction. You're going, okay. I used I to can have do chats this. with myself like that though. Like when I was at my lowest, I used to, it's probably a form of manifestation that I didn't even realize what it was back then, but I'd like imagine myself in a couple of years in a completely yeah. opposite space. And that was one of the only things like that kept me going is literally just imagining and making it up. And that might seem delusional or crazy yeah. to some people, but it was like hope. Mm-hmm. And that's very much how it played out. Like I always knew I wanted my own business, but like I said, my dad had his own jewelry business and that played a big part in that, but I didn't know in what. And you, all you need is just a tiny idea and things can change so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it has done in a year, like I say, I'm really happy and in a really good place. Mm-hmm. So, What's your view on like vision boarding and all of those kind of things? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Like You love it all. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's kind of like, you know, when you learn at school, everyone has different learning styles yeah. and you get like, kinesthetic kinetic learners I can't remember what it's called (laughs) visual auditory all the different types of learners I feel like it's the same with manifesting a lot of people are a lot more visual and like to see things on their phone Mm -hmm. and have it in their brain that way a lot of and like imagine their future whereas a lot of people like to write things down they're more like goal orientated and keep Mm -hmm. themselves in check that way so I think you don't need to do it becomes a problem when people are putting too much pressure on themselves like manifestation is a chore that they need to do yeah yeah um and like I need to write my goals or it's not going to happen. That's just kind of the opposite. I think making yourself aware of all these different techniques is great. And then going with what you intuitively feel drawn to and enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's a complete waste of time. And also you can't force things to happen in a certain way. You kind of just have to accept like, I want this to happen for me, but the kind of, the universe will bring it to me in whatever way it's meant to. That's the hardest part. That's what we talk about a lot in the book as well, is like mastering the art of detachment and just like setting this goal for yourself, uh, visualizing it happening and then just letting go of any expectation of it and trusting that you'll be put on the right path. That Mm -hmm. that for me was the hardest part originally because I'd be like, I've done it now. It's like an order, like Amazon delivery. When's it coming? Like, yeah, (laughs) uh, waiting, it should be here now. (laughs) But no, the universe works in really weird, mysterious ways. And I think even if you're not a spiritual person, a lot of people will, have had some crazy consequences in their life or they look back on their life journey and their path and it seems fated in some way. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of faith in the universe that it will put you on the right path if you let it 
know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like back to the conversation on love then, a mm. lot of people out there, a lot of young people in their 20s will be manifesting or really wanting to find a relationship and or perhaps even a soulmate. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about when you're, when people are coming to you on TikTok or they're reaching out to you via your books or wanting to buy crystals from you. What do you, what what would you tell them about finding the person that they really want to spend the rest of their life with? Oh, everyone's going to hate me and everyone hates me on this, but it <laughs> is just the cliche, love yourself first. And it's brutal, but it's just true. And a lot of people come to me in the headspace and the headspace I was in where it comes from, normally they're trying to get someone back that's left them. Right, and yeah. It, and all I can hear is obviously how, and I don't even mean this in a harsh way, but how little you think about yourself to feel that way. And I was that person, like someone would leave my life and I would just be like, how do I get them back? This is all about me, blah, blah, blah. When actually it's nothing about you at all. And you're wanting that person back so bad, not even probably because they were a nice, decent human being or great, just because it means that you're then worthy because Mm. they've decided to come back. It's not about them at all. It's about you. So really what it is, is if that's the state you're in and how you feel and you just want a relationship to complete you, then you're never going to be in the right relationship. Mm. You can very much heal um, in a relationship if you're in the right one. You don't have to be like fully healed and love yourself to be in a relationship. But I think being in a place mentally where you're okay being on your own Mm -hmm. before you get that, that's literally how simple it is. Be okay being on your own and you'll you'll find the right person for you. Mm-hmm. I have some friends actually, and I'm quite interested to hear your point of view on this, is that they have been single for the whole of their 20s and they're kind of, you know, mid to late 20s now. Mm-hmm. And probably are, in, some of them do want relationships. Some of them are still like, oh, I'm fine. Like if you're in that kind of headspace, like how can, you know, how can you kind of work on yourself? Because probably a lot of them, I do feel like have good relationships with themselves and stuff like that but then they are do feel like this little piece is like missing and they do want to meet someone oh, yeah, that's, no, their that's totally stuff, fine like. I mean yeah I think that's that's completely fine and more what I was saying was just I felt so awful at the thought of being on my own where yeah. I was never gonna attract the right kind of person but if you feel at a stage where you're quite happy being at your own but you, you want to take it to that next level like humans are social beings like it's totally yeah natural for us to want to be in a partnership and have that romantic connection with someone I think you just got to be confident enough to put yourself out there yeah and get on these dating apps and do all this stuff get mm. yourself some rose quartz and just if you feel confident in yourself why would people why would you not yeah. attract someone into your yeah, life yeah. I think what I did as well which a lot of people in our this day and age do is you make excuses as to why you're not meeting people and mm. that's and you manifest that into your life like everyone meets online now like everyone's taken like la 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 yeah. so maybe have a look at the narrative you're telling yourself as well if you're single yeah. happy in yourself but looking for a relationship do you sit there and like feed yourself reasons as to why you haven't found that person yet or mm-hmm. excuses or do you sit there and go actually there's plenty of opportunity to meet someone I know I meet someone at the right time yeah because if you're going into it with that mindset, you'll definitely find somebody. Yeah, it's good advice. Um, talking about career, wealth and success then, there'll be a lot of young people who think, I want, you know, a little bit of what Georgina's got or I want success on my own terms, whatever that means mm-hmm. to them. Um, I think one of the, the topics that gets really tricky to talk about is that when we start talking about wealth and money, the conversation can get quite, like people don't really want to talk about money and they feel really uncomfortable sometimes talking mm-hmm. about money. But it's really important that we do, I yeah. think. Um, a lot of people associate like, you know, make money being, oh, making you a bad person if you want more of it or, yeah, or no. you know, being told when you're growing up, like money doesn't grow on trees. And mm-hmm. then we get that kind of mindset that's like, you know, oh, it's bad if I want more. 
What do you kind of understand about money mindset and all of those kind of things when it comes to spirituality? Well, yeah, this is where it's hard because on TikTok and stuff as well, there's a lot of uh, kind of like spiritual ego that comes into it mm. and people kind of shame others. But the root of spirituality, there's no shaming. And this is just the reality of the modern age we live in. Like money does make the world go round. Money is controls everything um, in this reality. And money at the end of the day is just a f another form of energy. It's just a transfer of energy. And more often than not, money isn't really the focus. It's more the lifestyle you want to live and how you want to support that. So I think wanting financial freedom isn't something bad or selfish. It's sometimes just like, for example, I want to spend more time supporting my family, being around them, spending quality time with them, visiting new countries. And that's why I want to make more money. It's not about the money really at all. Mm -hmm. um, it's about the worth you place on mm -hmm. that money that makes us all individual. Some people are in a different situation. They don't want nice things or things like mm -hmm. that. Um, so I don't think anyone can judge anyone for what financial point that we want to be in. And I'm very comfortable talking about money yeah. and the fact that I want to make <laughs> money. Yeah. And I think I think there's other people out there who will be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. Like that mm -hmm. is me. But they probably have some like limiting beliefs around money. Yeah. And the first place to start is to kind of break down and think about how do you actually think about money? Because yeah. that is kind of the root of the whole Everyone's thing. Everyone's right? relationship yeah. with money is so different. And like you said before, um, people get a lot of limiting beliefs surrounding money. I think parents, especially growing up, they're kind of given the responsibility to teach their children about money and how they view should view it depending on their financial situation. More often than not, that will rub off on their child, not even sometimes intentionally, but if you go up with a parent who's really struggling, that can harm your relationship with money because you've been growing up in a situation where you feel like there's not enough of it and mm. you can't get it. And it's something that's really hard to come by. Like you said, the money goes on trees thing. It's so important to teach uh, kids the uh, power of working hard and the importance of uh, doing a good job and, and working for money. But if you kind of encourage this mindset of there's a scarcity of it, mm. a lot of times, you'll grow up with this mentality if you grow up in a household like that. Um, so as we get older, like I said, the book, it's important to acknowledge any kind of limiting beliefs you may have surrounding money, which more often than not is a result of the kind of household you've grown up in. Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting. We had a money mindset coach, Laura Moore on the podcast recently. Mm -hmm. She said that's a kind of the whole root of everything is how you can attract more money into your life is all about what you are secretly telling yourself about yeah. money and, and a lot of conversations around, you know, oh, I'm skint this month or um, I find it, you know, my, my job doesn't pay me enough and all of that kind of stuff. It's kind of a negative mindset that you can get yourself into mm -hmm. that just continues and continues the cycle. So you can't really break yeah. the cycle. A lot of it is social conditioning though too. Like it's mm. not even just our parents would grow, grow up in a world where everything is really expensive and you're yeah. being bombarded on the news constantly with cost of living and housing crisis and all of this stuff. And we're all kind of conditioned to believe that we don't have enough money to go around. And so a lot of the times, probably bad advice, but I think it's good advice. I tune out the, the news and what a lot of it's saying and really just focus on what beliefs I want to set for mm -hmm. myself and my reality going forward. Mm -hmm. And for someone who's wanting to do the same, what advice would you give to them who's wanting to kind of attract more wealth into their life? I think just acknowledging what kind of beliefs you may already have existing about money, whether that is there's not enough of it to go around or even like people that have grown up in really nice households, they believe that money's just kind of owed to them or mm. more of an entitled on the other side of it. But acknowledge what limiting beliefs you have and then 
you want to kind of rewire those. So literally creating affirmations is like the most powerful tool I've used, um, which is writing down the exact opposite of what you believe. And it feels really weird and uncomfortable at first. Like for example, money doesn't go on trees. The kind of opposite could be there's more than enough money to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to drill that into your brain. And until that's just a subconscious belief of yours. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of practice, but then using crystals alongside that, that are associated with um, attracting wealth and money and having a good kind of positive relationship with it, like citrine, tiger's eye, using that alongside those kind of new affirmations will help mm-hmm. kind of attract that energy into your life. Mm-hmm. It's super fascinating. I've loved talking to you about it, about all of this. I think the book is amazing. Um, the Crystal Path for anyone who's listening right now going to mm-hmm. be available uh, across Amazon. And yeah, anything you want to tell us about this book? It's my baby. <laughs> yeah, it's for anyone kind of looking to either step up into a better version of themselves or just kind of work on themselves or beginners learning about crystals or even if you know about crystals, you want to deepen your understanding of them. Mm. Um, It's something, it's been a labor of love that I've worked very hard on and yeah. I yeah, for it. me, I had some understanding of uh, crystals and spirituality and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just deepened my understanding and kind of made me look at things in different ways. Like the love languages thing yeah. is really, really fascinating. It's just and like, it's not just like a book. I didn't want it to be like a textbook about no, crystals. Yeah. It's kind of like a journey of self. And I hope people will read it and come away from it learning more about crystals, but also just a lot more about themselves and yeah. have a newfound respect, understanding and like love and compassion for themselves. That was kind of the main purpose of the book. Absolutely. It's amazing. Um, I'd love you. to chat to you a little bit more about life in your 20s uh-huh. in particular. Uh, we have some questions that we always ask, mm-hmm. love to ask all of our guests. And the first one is talking about failures and your biggest adulting, fuck ups, failures, whatever you want to call yeah. them. Is there any that spring to mind for you that you're like, I can't believe I even did that. How can I even call myself an adult? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> there's, I have those daily. I had yesterday, <laughs> I um, got a letter saying that I haven't paid my council tax bill. <gasps> I was summoned to court two weeks ago and I didn't even realise. And I went from owing a hundred quid to now, I, I think I owe them 800 quid. Wow. Um, so that's one adulting felt. Bills in general, I really suck. Did, did you know you can uh, go bills. to jail if you don't pay? Yeah, pay I might council be tax. if you don't see me <laughs> next month that I'm in jail. <laughs> but generally adulting with bills is awful. But like in terms of like big lessons, I kind of think, like I said, it's, it's cringy, but they're all lessons. Like there's no big fails I look at and go, it's all just learning and growing. Yeah, that's course. what your 20s is for. Literally, but yeah. I would say back in like my early 20s, something... I wouldn't go back and change because like I said, it brings you to who you are, yeah. but staying in situations that I'd outgrown just because of fear of change for so, mm. so long and wanting to hang on to being that age and what I had and like staying in that relationship too long, staying in that job too long. And eventually the universe will move you if you're stuck there. But yeah, staying in situations you outgrown just... Yeah, be open yeah. to change. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, we also love to chat about the podcast that despite everyone being in their 20s and, you know, a lot of people that we get on the podcast are really successful and have gone on to do amazing things, but that no one is perfect and everyone is working through something at some point in their life. For you, whether that's with crystals or spirituality, what is it that you're working through at this moment in time that you want to improve in your life? Oh, definitely. I would say self-sabotage and like imposter syndrome and self-sabotage as a result of imposter syndrome. The thing is when you work really hard to kind of get to where you are and have all these things, like I'm so grateful to have this book, to be in like a happy, healthy relationship now, but my God, do I try and ruin it for myself subconsciously. And this (laughs) is, no one tells you about this, but 
you manifest all this good stuff into your life, but then what you face with that afterwards is then suddenly believing you don't deserve it. Yeah. Or, or being, more for me, like a, it's a scaredness that it's going to be taken off you at any moment in time. Mm. Um, like I'll sit here and be like, who am I to write a book or who am I to have someone that treats me nice? And your brain will start telling you these things or try and destroy it um, because it's what you're used to. And the brain likes comfort zones and, mm-hmm. it, you know, change can be scary for our brains, even if it's at a subconscious level and we're not aware that it's doing it. So what I'm really trying to work through is just accepting all these good things happening to me and mm-hmm. keep trying to make more good things happening to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that like by doing that, that you'll attract more of it as well, yeah. I guess. So. I hope yeah. so, yeah. yeah. I That's think you will, plan. I think you Thank will. You. Georgine, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. This book is brilliant. I've loved reading Thank it. For you. anyone that's kind of interested in spirituality, crystals, it's fantastic. And, you know, we've loved having you on the podcast. If you could look back at kind of 20-year-old Georgina and give her just one piece of advice that would see her through her 20s, Ooh. what would you say? Oh, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. No one cares. Literally, you think... I mean, I'm a big overthinker, but create that TikTok profile, go on that date, do stuff that scares you because it really doesn't fucking matter. Like yeah. it's it's not that deep and things can change so quickly that just, just go for it. Just yeah. go for anything. I mean, that sounds like a lot of weird random advice in one, but I would overthink every decision so much um, and the outcome of it when really we're all living on this big, massive floating rock and it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So just do it. Yeah. And it. no one else's opinions pay your bills. So yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the That's podcast. Okay. You've been you an amazing guest. Honestly, oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for coming up. Is this the first one? Oh my gosh. I need to practice my hand. <laughs> an amazing book. Honestly, I loved it. I seem five or five ever at the moment. It's stressing me out because it was meant to mean big death. change. Death. Yeah, it was. Oh, oh, hopefully, you're deaf. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <Jeez. laughs> no, it's a good death. Though. It's like spiritual. I feel like I've had enough of those. <laughs> <laughs>